women were the ones who were present at birth. Women were, were the ones who were the comforters, the caregivers, those ones that understood herbal medicines, that understood the farm of pharmacology, how to go out and harvest things that were naturally assimilated by the body, that were called the original medicines. When you see someone's quote-unquote negative behavior, it is unequivocally evident to me that they don't have enough energy to run their body. Is so this Bruton's problem? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women, a multi-generational conversation about leadership, power, gender, and social justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. You know, the negative energy in the world right now at times feels absolutely overwhelming to me. The war in Ukraine that is causing devastating human suffering every day, the pandemic that has had all of us in its grip for over two years now, plus um, there's just growing unease about inflation and even those family differences over politics that we've been living with for a number of years now. So, you know, I mean, for me, no matter how positive I try to be, all of that just takes its toll. And I'm just wondering if all of you can feel the weight of that now, because I sure do. And I know that my even 30 year old son, Kevin, feels it too. So I have the absolute perfect guest today to talk about what a powerful and important force energy is at every moment of our lives and how paying more attention to our energy levels and the sources of our energy can be a really essential part of taking care of our overall health. Well, my guest is Elaine Groman, an energy healer, intuitive, educator, author, and host of a podcast. Originally trained in art and design at Detroit Center for Creative Studies, she was an artist and teaching others to unlock their creative talent. And then a little over 20 years ago, she had an experience that turned her path in an entirely new direction. She began the study of energy healing, and she is still a teacher, unlocking human potential. But for over two decades now, she has helped countless individuals to tap into the power of energy that is all around us to heal and to maintain our health. She also lectures at medical, nursing, and hospice schools, where today's students are more curious, perhaps, than previous generations about new tools for enhancing our health. And she's also connected with indigenous elders to learn from their ancient knowledge about humanity's deeply intimate connection with the energy of living earth. And I must mention that she's the author of two books, The Angels and Me, Experiences of Receiving and Sharing Divine Communications, and her second book, Spirit Awakening, Wisdom for Life and Living. And her podcast is Earth Wisdom Circles on Empower Radio. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your podcast, Anne. I really appreciate it. Well, it's such a fascinating subject. So let's get started. And, and I just have to begin with, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I shared this sense that I have that is there an 
an overwhelming amount of energy and negative energy around us right now? I want to thank you, first of all, for using the term negative. Mm. Because it is a grossly misunderstood word. There is no such thing as negative energy. There is mm. frequencies of energy that are either okay. low or high. But most people, when they feel this disruption, they think of negativity. And so we have to be very careful how we use our language because we see negative and positive as either, as either good or bad. And in reality, mm -hmm. negative and positive is a current that moves an electrical charge. So we, we, I was having a conversation with someone earlier today about how convoluted our language is. And we, we have to be very careful. But to answer your question, the, the disruption I feel, I would rather use that term disruption, is mm -hmm. a call to action for me. It, mm -hmm. is, it makes it so physically palpable that we know unequivocally that something is not working. It's going against life. War is against yeah. life. Challenge yeah, is, against, is sure. working against life. And so rather than bristling against it, in fact, what it does is it makes me much more diligent, much more aware that we are out of balance, but this feeling helps us to understand that we're not victims of this. We, we are the ones who caused all of the challenges we're witnessing. It is also important for us to know that we have within us the answers. And we have to seek, when we find this lack of equilibrium, then we know that we ourselves are out of balance with the living earth because life itself is constantly giving. It is human choice that causes this disruption. And I hear you, and I, I'm sure our listeners hear you when you say that and believe it, but there's this sense that, yes, humanity as a whole is causing this mess, but what can I do as an individual to start changing the, the level of, of energy that's out there or the kind of energies that's there? Well, first of all, if I can define energy. Yeah, let's that do that, that. I think that that's an important thing because mo many people have this uh, misunderstanding of what it is. First of all, I'm going to start with the source of the energy I'm speaking of is, is the living earth. The, all we have to do is look around us and we see that life is emanating from this powerful being that we live on the plants, the animals, the air we breathe is, is a function of the earth, of the lungs of the earth. The natural world are the lungs, the respiratory system of the earth. And we are recipients of that and we're participants because we exhale carbon dioxide and the, the living earth transmutes that into something that is usable. So we have this symbiotic relationship that we need to understand that the, the plant life that we consume, the, the vegetation that we consume becomes our body when we eat it. The, the animals become our body when we eat it. And we forget that we are a part of an ecosystem. So 
with, there's many forms of energy. There's the energy that we get metabolically when we're eating, the energy that we get from the water, the air that we, that we are breathing and participating with. And then secondarily to that, but not any less important, but cannot be extrapolated and cannot be removed is the neurological energy that moves through our system. We are neurological beings. So that means every single neurological impulse is an electrical impulse. That is by definition energy. So if you were to, heaven forbid, have a damage or a severing of a nerve, if that neurological impulse or energy cannot get from point A to point B, there will be dysfunction at the minimum and death at the ultimate. So energy is what is this force that's moving through our body? We can call it a neurological impulse, but if we look at a jump of light from one neuron to the next, if you could see it microscopically, it looks like a bolt of lightning. That is energy. That is this magnificent power that is created and moves throughout all of the living world and is what we can tap into at any moment. And if we did not have it, we would cease to be. We can see it in an electronic mechanism mm -hmm. and understand it. But when we realize that if we don't have enough energy, we don't have enough to run the system. And a system mm -hmm. where we can clear, clearly see what we refer to as quote unquote negativity is the reaction that we have when we don't have enough energy to actually think, to actually mm -hmm. absorb an emotion, understand what these emotions are telling us, and then effectively respond. Let's get into the specifics of energy healing or energy medicine. So you've helped us better understand the kind of energy that you're talking about. Yes. And now give us an idea about what this work is that you do in terms of energy healing that is really starting to be thought of as related to medicine. Well, let me give you a little bit of a background is in, in indigenous world means meaning of the original peoples of this planet. You could call that the indigenous people of the Americas. You could call that the indigenous people of South America, all over the world. People had a direct understanding of their relationship with the earth. So when the American Medical Association, which is called the allopathic model of, of medicine, attempted to quantify or qualify those individuals who they deemed necessary or who deemed qualified, which slowly narrowed the focus to the male gender. <laughs> and we lost half of our world's information because female historically, healers. well, not only his, his female healers, but women in general, women were the ones who were present at birth. Women's mm -hmm. were, were the ones who were the comforters, the caregivers, those ones mm -hmm. that understood herbal medicines that understood the farm pharmacology, how to mm -hmm. go out and harvest things that were naturally assimilated by the body that were called the original medicines. So the term medicine is grossly distorted in our vernacular 
because we think of a pharmaceutical agent, a drug, right. a capsule, but water is a medicine. Air is a medicine. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't believe that, drinking, drink a glass of poisoned water versus healthy water. Yeah, right. Your body. Yeah. So sure. it, is, it is really a changing of the language we use. But I think that as people, you're correct in younger people. So I did have the privilege, as you mentioned, for about 15 years to work concurrently with the University of Michigan's medical school and Wayne State University's HUMED program, where there was when the, inter, the National Institute of Health kind of expanded to create the complementary and alternative medicine model, which has then changed their language and called it integrative because it was a mental barrier truly mm -hmm. in the in the physician's mind that if it's alternative or complementary it is somehow working against them rather than integrative right so it's outside they, of the boundaries of medicine well and that's like saying well you don't need to have a clean dressing you just need a doctor you don't need to have a, you don't need to have medicine. You don't need to have this or that. You, we're, it's a team. Right. The body needs right. teamwork. To simplify what energy medicine is, is to, and I'm really going to, this is a, an analogy I use often with individuals. Imagine your body was like a car without it, with a dead battery. You could have the most glorious, beautiful, most expensive vehicle on the planet. But if it cannot turn its engine over, it doesn't do you any good. So you need to call a tow truck. That tow truck comes <laughs> and it, it has a source of energy that is willing to share. It does not take its battery out and put it in your car. It has a connection from one source of energy to the other called a, a jumper cable. And that moves from the higher powered, the, the higher frequency, I will say, to that which is diminished in its frequency. And so you're it, the jumper cable. Exactly. Exactly. Ah. So okay. I am, have trained and worked diligently to my job is to help a body have what it needs to heal naturally. And how so do the, you do that? I ground myself. If you talk to an electrician, they understand that a grounding wire is necessary so that there is not electrocution, fire, or death. Because right. a grounding wire allows the excess charge to go back into the earth, into the ground. But tell us how you do that in terms of, you know. I, I do it very simply. It's ridiculously simple. I ask people to put their, our imagination is very powerful. Now, now you're not making this up. You're telling your body what you want it to do. So if you sit and you don't have to simply sit, but the easiest way to learn how to do this is to sit with your back reasonably straight, but not rigid. So your muscles are not tense. Imagine that the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes are open so that gravity can assist you in releasing tension from the body. And then on the arches of your feet, I want you to think of your two feet as like two prongs of a plug that plug into an outlet. Just like you have to plug in something in, into an outlet to turn a light on. You have to have the mechanism of movement. 
So imagine you're plugging your feet in by opening what's called the chakras on the arches of your feet. So imagine, I always say to people, imagine on the arch of each foot, you could see an area that looks like a closed lens of a camera that slowly dilates. As it dilates, your body will physiologically respond to it. You don't have to make it happen. You will feel this movement. You might feel a slight tingling sensation. It is your body's natural reaction to this stimuli that is called electricity, neurological impulse. Our system is designed to receive this. And the higher the frequency gets within the body, the more effectively the body actually works. So if most of us are walking around running on empty, so therefore our bodies and therefore emotions and our thinking is very reactionary. That appears to be negative because it is, it is an action without thought. And so the more you can give your body what it requires, the calmer your body is. Because we forget that our body has its own brain, not just the brain here, but if you cut yourself, you do not have to direct your blood to start to heal that wound. If you have to move swiftly because there's a trauma, you are not directing your adrenals to pump out more adrenaline. It is happening before you get the thought out. Right. So it's called the body mind. The body has this innate understanding of how to interact with the world long before we cognizantly and, and intellectually understand what is happening. So when you see someone's quote unquote negative behavior, it is unequivocally evident to me that they don't have enough energy to run their body. Is so this Bruton's problem? Well, it is what we have, we have become accustomed to believing that we are it. There is not a single human being who is going to get out of this life alive, including Putin and every person here. But when we have a belief that we then espouse and we have to do everything to uphold that belief, we will ignore our emotions. We will ignore our better judgment. And this is what creates the mindset that is willing to do horrible things. And we cannot take ourselves from that equation because if we don't realize how much our beliefs affect our actions or drive our actions and drive our physiology. So we, when we learn how to be calm, then we might have some glimpse of what it means to be peaceful. Mm -hmm. And peace is not lethargic at all. Peace is the point of imagination, of collaboration, of problem solving without it becoming a battle. So we, we witness conflict every day throughout our lives, but a conflict is not, does not necessarily need to become a war. That is a right. choice that a conflict becomes a war. 
if there's right. a conflict, then these two systems that are trying to have some semblance of a communication are not at the same frequency that they can even hear one another. Right. So, and that's where we are right now. And that, you know, as president and other leaders of the world are trying to avoid a world war. But if we can get out of our mindset of understanding that we all, we do not have all the answers, but life does. Life will continue if every human is off this planet. Yeah. Life has been here before our birth and will be here after our death. If we were only wise enough to follow what our ancients did. Well, I want to ask you how it was that you got into this. I mean, you were on one path and a little over 20 years ago, um, you started down this path. What triggered um, that? Well, I think it all ended up being a, a conglomeration of my entire life at 66 years old now, which I'm glad to be. I was sitting with my dying aunt. She had been signed on to hospice care. She was in the end stages of diabetes. She was blind. She was in kidney failure. She was in cardiac failure and she was sent home to die. And I asked, I just sat with her and she was literally comatose, non-responsive. And I was just holding her hand and thanking her for everything that she had done for me personally and our, our family. And the best way I can describe it, Anne, and I say this all the time, it was like a light switch flipped on. And she opened her eyes and looked at me as if nothing was wrong and said, I see my sister. And I said to her, then darling, you need to go to her because she will take good care of you. She closed oh. her eyes and went right back to that comatose state. And I felt this literal in the room. Well, that sister mm -hmm. that she could see was my mother who had died when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there was no question who it was that she was seeing. And it was so palpable what I experienced. I literally felt her spirit start to leave her physical body. And I was so taken by this beauty of this experience because I had felt it many times in my life before that because I had had a lot of losses in my young life. In two years, six people in my family died between my, at the age of 12 and 14. It was a huge pivotal time for me. And the enormity of what I was feeling, I wanted to understand. And so I became a hospice volunteer and then a hospice employee, and then started to study this phenomenon called energy medicine simultaneously. So I was a non-medical person in a medical model where most people in medicine don't want to deal with, and that is death. But right. I, was, I recognized how privileged Anne I really was because I was with people who unequivocally knew that their life was coming to an end and there was no time to backpedal. There was, what yeah. have I done? What could I have done? What am I grateful that I did do? And I can honestly say the most sorrowful thing I ever saw was someone who was dying. In, there's a not hospice term, believe it or not, that's called spiritual terror. Mm, I haven't heard that. But let me explain what it means. Is for those who believe 
unfortunately, that there is a heaven or hell. So if they believe that if they had done any infraction, that they are going to go to hell. Oh. And that's a, who wants to go to hell, <laughs> you know, or right. those people that realized that they could have lived their life very differently. And they were afraid of being mm. judged. A lot of regret. And so it, it's, there's, it's never too late to ask for forgiveness. It's never too late to give forgiveness. It's never too late to open your heart. But the best time to do it is while we're live, why, we'll, why we're here, why we're consciously aware of what we're doing so that we know we're making a difference and we can help to bring about the peace that is desperately being called for right now. We always think of it as out there, but it is right here. Am I a peaceful person? Am I someone who's willing to not judge? Am I willing to learn? Am I willing to see from someone else's perspective? Am I willing to learn how to be collaborative rather than think that I know all the answers? Because I don't. And so we, but I have seen what would be called a miracle time after time after time. And a miracle is actually a correction. It is bringing something back to its normal state. If, but it happens at an atomic level. It happens so quickly. When the body has what it needs, it can heal very quickly. And people say, well, that's an anomaly or that's a, that's a miracle. No, it's giving it what it needs. And then the body knows what to do. Thank goodness you and I don't know how to change a leaf into a human cell. <laughs> we don't know, but like our bodies do. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are your services or people who have been intrigued enough to listen throughout this whole conversation? Um, where can people learn more about you, be in touch with you? What are the kind of services that you provide in addition to the lecturing that you're doing? Well, thank you for asking me that. I have a website, elainegroman.com, E-L-A-I-N-E-G-R-O-H-M-A-N. And they can see the classes that I teach. In fact, in the end of August, or excuse me, in the end of April, a little over a month from now, I'll be teaching a level one class. It's a two-day introductory class to anyone that wants to learn about this. You don't have to be a healer or want to be a healer to want your own life to work. You know, if you're, if you're depressed, you're not grounded. If you're stressed, you're not grounded. If you're sick, you're not grounded. If you're angry, you're not grounded because you're not working with, the li with life. So people immediately will feel that. So I do healing with people. It's about an hour long. I also do what's called intuitive readings. I don't like to use the word psychic because it has a misinformation, but the word psych means of the mind. It is capacity of the art. It is one of our sensory perceptions to have knowings, just like we have feelings. We have vision, we have auditory hearing. It is part of our sensory perception that's built into our physical body. But you mentioned earlier, and that as in my early life and still to this day, once you're an artist, you're always an artist. But I think that that was an adv advantage to me because I was a trained observer. If you're going to draw or paint something, you're not just arbitrarily doing it. 
you're studying whatever it is you're trying to convey on a canvas or on a paper. So you're, you're looking at the very subtle nuances that most people absolutely dismiss. Color, texture, shape, perspective, relationship from one thing to the next. How is a shadow being cast? How is light? So inherently, I think that that helped me to learn how to really look at something so that I could literally invite it into me, into my awareness, so that it be recognizing that it's already a part of my life. The beauty of nature is a part of life. We would be, our life would not exist without it. Interacting with other people. So I, I try to learn how to listen more. Well, what is it that you want people to remember? from this I conversation? I would like people to know that they have it in them. They have it in them to, to participate with life as this great gift that they've been given. That opportunity is available to us all if humans don't get in the way, if humans don't try to direct everything. But instead, if we try to learn how to help one another blossom, to allow others to have what they need, the essentials that they need to live. And when they have that, they have their food and their shelter and they're safe. We have no idea what the human genius is capable of. We have no idea what our creative forces might be. In our known history, and we have only really dealt with conflict. And we have never really lived in a time of peace. The peace is not an illusory thing. Peace is an actionable thing every moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but we have to learn to navigate it. And I, that's what I hope to do and help people understand that this is, not, this is nothing that isn't intangible. It's extremely tangible. And it begins within. It begins before we're even aware of it. It begins the moment your body is coalescing to become an embryo. There's something very powerful happening, not with your knowledge, not often with your parents' knowledge, it's happening. It's life at work. There's an intelligence we, we have got to learn the language of this intelligence. But to tap into it now at this moment in our lives is sort of the connection between our conscious mind and the body's mind mm -hmm. so that we can bring those together, right, to to sense that peace and be part of the right. peace that goes out into the world that's so badly needed. Is that right? Yes. And we have to stop looking at ourselves as adversaries. We're, you know, we use language that is very divisive, you know, the right, the left. Well, there was a time when everyone sat in the circle mm -hmm. that when you sit in a circle, everyone has an equal voice. Everyone can see equally. Everyone is, there's no hidden agendas. And so it doesn't have to be as difficult as we believe, but we just need to learn how to actually understand our emotions because our emotions are information. They are not our labels. So we can actually learn how to use the gift of our mind, which is the only place that wisdom resides. Well, let's just leave that there with hopes that those who've heard you 
we'll continue to seek more information and your website is there, your books are there, your podcast is there. And thank you so much for being with us. And thank you so much for this opportunity and thank you for what you're doing in the world to help bring the voices of women forward because it's we've been silenced too long and we naturally know how to bring people together. That's our job. Amen. Energy healer, intuitive, educator, speaker, author, podcast host, Elaine Groman. I have learned a lot and I'm going to put your grounding myself tool to work multiple times a day. And thank you for listening, everyone. Our podcast is recorded through the Motor City Woman Studios right here in my home base of Detroit. I hope you'll come visit us in Michigan. Motown is on the rise. Now let's all go power up. Thanks for joining us at Power Up Women. We are now in our third season with over 100 episodes, so we hope you'll keep listening and share us with your network so we can help spread the word to others and and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when one woman rises, we all rise. Make sure you reach back and lift others as you climb. I'm Ann Doyle.